Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Dr. Erica Steed, the Chief Executive Officer and President of the Metro Health System, Cleveland, Ohio. Dr. Steed is a highly accomplished and award-winning transformational healthcare executive with over 20 years of exceptional leadership skills and proven track record of driving results and execution to excellence, including recognition as the Modern Healthcare's Top 25 Minority Leaders in Healthcare, Top 25 Healthcare Innovators, Up and Comer, Diversity and MBA Magazine Top 100 Executive Leaders Under 50 and Becker's Hospital Review Top 130 Female Healthcare Leaders to Know, 75 Black Healthcare Leaders to Know and Rising Star. Hi Erica, welcome to Women to Women Podcast. So excited to have you with us here today. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Let's start from the childhood. So you come from a long line of women in nursing. So clearly that's a passion that has been imbibed in you from early on. So how was childhood and who were those people who really influenced you um, so much so that you actually chose this as a career to begin with? Well, thank you for that. Um, Yes, I I come from a long line of nurses in my family. So I really could not run away from the path of of choosing nursing. And I actually think that uh, just through my upbringing, nursing chose me. Um, So I actually come, I'm a fourth generation nurse. So it goes all the way back, uh, very deeply rooted in in my family. Um, So my great, great grandmother, she was a self-trained clinical nurse midwife, and she was from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So that's where the seed of nursing got sprinkled in in my family. And um, I I would honestly say coming up, a lot of the female influences they all came from a, a, the nursing profession. So even even my, uh, you know, coming up at the at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, we're all having conversations about healthcare and 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 just doing good and providing uh, great quality care for you know patients that that they all serve. So that that just became just a momentous spirit for me, and really prompted uh, my interest my, what I consider to be my passion, my calling, my purpose, um, it really helped to plant those seeds for me. So uh, it was a very easy choice uh, choosing nursing, but I always knew that I wanted to do more with it. But my childhood influences from my mother to my aunts, to my cousins, to my uh, extended family, all coming from a nursing background that really helped to shape and influence the direction that, that I ended up taking. Um, from that point of view. At high school, did you even explore any other career options or was it just you're going to go into nursing school? Coming from a long generational line of nursing on on one side of my family and then on the other side of my family, there were a lot of business entrepreneurs and just self-made people. So I was extremely fortunate to have a sprinkle of both in terms of just the influences that really shaped who I became to be. And I always thought coming up that I was going to actually explore more my my father's path. And my father was an entrepreneur and he owned his own business, extremely successful, you know, branching out into different aspects of of the business world. So um, as a child, I, I remember you know, going to work with my father, going to work with my mother. So I, I already knew that I was going to have one foot in one door, one foot in, in another. So as I escalated through through high school, 
I got various experiences, even on a volunteer level, both in the business side of things and in, in the healthcare side of things. And that really prompted and, and really shaped my path to become a healthcare administrator. I just didn't know then that the, those were the building blocks that actually led me to this particular path. During college, at any point, did you ever think, maybe I wanted to do something different? You know, my passion always as, as a child, I'm, I'm an avid reader and I, I, I love to write poetry. Um, and I love to write uh, plays. And I always thought on the creative side, I was always going to become this world-renowned author. And, you know, I still leave that for uh, an opportunity perhaps later, later on in life. But that was always my passion coming up is I always had my head in the book. And always had, you know, a pen to paper, just creatively expressing myself. So I always knew that that somehow writing and, and just learning and literature was going to be a part of my storyline. I just didn't know the when on that. Um, but as a hobby, I, I still do very much uh, explore the literary world. And, and um, I, I, I strongly believe if, if, if I had my way, I'll actually write my a novel one day, and I actually promised my mother before she passed away that I would I, I, that I would write her book, and so I so I think that 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 is going to be in my future. Absolutely, and there's no age to be an author, right? If you have the passion, there are so many authors who started late and have written like amazing stuff. They've really thought it through, and over the years, their style has really evolved. So exactly, absolutely, we'll be looking out for your book. Exactly. <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe I I will write the next Grey's Anatomy on TV or something like that. Uh, marrying marrying in the the healthcare world. Shonda Rhimes, watch out! <laughs> Erica's coming. Exactly. When you had started your career, it has taken a few pivots. Just based on our previous discussion, it has like a lot of various different paths it took. Mm -hmm. So, can you just walk us through those and? At what point did you decide that was a good point to pivot to the next stage and then so on? Yeah, and I think that that just the sprinkling of my up my upbringing, you know, having exposure to different worlds, I think that 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 built a level of resilience in myself. Where okay, you can you can take a different path and just explore and and see where you land. So um, when I started out my nursing career, it was it was pretty interesting where I, I went in eyes wide open, really thinking that I was go going down a particular path. But this is when healthcare as a whole was shifting in a hundred million different directions. So we were moving from a world where we were so used to paper documentation. It was very manual heavy when I, when I initially started out nursing and it was making this huge radical shift and transition into technology. And I was one of the newer newer nurses coming out, and the newer educated nurses were exposed through our through our learnings. Uh, we were using more computerized technology to you know to progress our path you know through nursing school. So by the nature of that, I was much more comfortable using computerized technology. Um, and with that being said, the hospital organization that I just so happened to be working for. They were in the in the throes of full blown piloting, testing out different 
electronic medical record solutions that they were going to take the organization down. And given the fact that I was this new graduate nurse, fresh out of, out of the gates, and I was comfortable with technology, I was actually voluntold, volunteered to actually be a part of this amazing project. Uh, where I, I had one foot in one door where I was a, a, certainly a bedside nurse, learning the world of nursing, getting my feet wet in, in terms of really building up my career. But at the same time, I was all critical opportunity to help the organization pilot out a new automated electronic medical record solution. So I was at the right place at the right time to be volunteered for such a, such a, a, a dramatic you know, transition into a, a completely different world. But through that, through that, I learned a lot of powerful lessons of, of being volunteered for something and being fearless when you take on such a critical project. But at the end of the day, what this exposed me to was the world of informatics. And I became a self-trained, self-taught clinical informaticist before it was even a title. So that first jump out the gates, as I was building myself, building up my career, I was presented with this fabulous challenge. And this really started the path for me to start to take non-traditional shifts right out the gates, because I could have taken a very traditional, normal path, and I, and I chose not to because of that it, a particular experience. And ever since then, it, it's become a building block of similar experiences, being at the right place at the right time, jumping in head first, being fearless and, and courageous, and just really taking on those various things to help to build and, and elevate my climb. Um, so that, that was my beginning. And it actually speaks to a lot of how I progressed really rapidly in, in this particular space. So did you seek out mentors or did you have like sponsors who identified and said, hey, Erica's really good at this. She's very good at risk taking because those mm -hmm. are two components, right? You have yeah. to have the know-how, but you also should have the appetite to take the risk yeah. and you yeah. know, go, go where no man has gone before. <laughs> exactly. Um, so early in my career, this was all about just complete greenfield exploration and a lot of starts and stops, a lot of tripping out the gates, a lot of guffing my knees and, and let's, let's try again. So a lot of this was experimental in, in the beginning. So I was so young and so early in my career that I didn't even have a concept for mentor, for sponsor, for ally. I was, all I, all I knew is I was a registered nurse and wow, I was exposed to this completely different world and wow, I'm building up the skill set that I don't even know. And wow, I have a safe environment to learn and fail and, and succeed and, and play and grow and all of those various things. Later on in my career, after I, I, I you know, fast forward through a lot of different experiences and opportunities, and, and as I started to take on more and more progressive leadership roles, then I was exposed to the mentor, to the sponsor, to the ally. And I learned powerful lessons about the, the power of those roles, what each of the, 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 the value add that those have to play in your growth and development. So I was extremely fortunate by the time I really, you know, came in contact with my first mentor, sponsor, and ally all combined 
I was pretty much at a, at a really good stage in my career where I worked a, a pretty significant, you know, experiences in, in the consulting world. And I, I was in the process of transitioning back on to day-to-day operations on a hospital administration side. Um, and I was pretty young. So I was in my, my, my late 20s coming on board. And I just so happened to, again, being at the right place at the right time, I, I became exposed to this powerhouse, this trailblazer, this phenomenal leader, phenomenal, a fearless leader, a, a, a woman uh, role model that I, I really put on a pedestal. And by being at the right place at the right time and presenting myself in a specific way, I had the privilege and, and the most humbling honor to become that person's right hand, to become that person's protege, to become that person's everything. And I, I also learned rather quickly that that most people don't aren't afforded these opportunities to have such a powerhouse in the at, at their disposal. But I had to earn the respect of this particular person through my skill, through my work ethic, through my fearlessness, through my courage, through my transparency and honesty of saying, hey, yeah, sometimes you have to scuff your knees. Sometimes you have to, you know, uh, lean in on your failures and learn powerful lessons from that. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm forever, forever pleased and honored and blessed and all of the, those combined that at that stage in my career, I was, I was exposed to this individual who to this day serves as that rock for me. You know, through many experiences in, in my life, this person has played, a di- played different roles. So I directly reported to this individual. I've transitioned out of organizations and I, and I reached in and she was absolutely being an ally and being a sponsor, being, being that mentor on, on my behalf. I recommend anyone, if, if you have that person in your life, hold on to that. Pull out whatever it is that you need from that relationship. Yeah, it is so fortunate to find somebody like that who believes mm-hmm. in you. That's really great that you had that relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back, did you ever face any challenges throughout your career just because you were a woman? Did that ever play? And how did you overcome those challenges? Yeah, throughout different stages in my life. I've not only had challenges because I'm a woman, I had challenges because I was the triple threat. I was the woman, I was the minority, I was the young one. So I've, I, I always had to, you know, overcome the first level of adversity I've ever had to go through is, is because I had a young face. And, and because I had a young face um, in, in serving in specific roles, like being a registered nurse where you have someone's life in your hand, you have to prove your credibility. You have to prove your level of competency in subject matter expertise. So I've had to certainly navigate through that. And, and I think that that by having to overcome that, that challenge over and over and over and over again, that built my muscle to be able to be take to be able to uh, condition through you know, whatever challenges and setbacks that I've had because I'm minority and because because I'm a woman that built up that that muscle, if you will. So but being being a woman, yes, I've, I've been in situations where I'm the only at the table. I'm the first at the table. I've been in situations where I certainly have felt that level of imposter syndrome 
because I felt like my voice was being drowned out by what was, you know, in, in the overall horizon. I've been in situations where I was invisible, where individuals will walk right past me and shake the hand of the person next to me just, just because they didn't see me in a, a wide open room. I've certainly had challenges climbing, climbing and not, you know, in, in dealing with a, a certain level of resistance and pushback and being overlooked for opportunities just because in the very close parallel, you know, the, the, the old boys club, uh, you know, won out time and time again. So I've certainly have had to fare through my level of challenges, but I would, I would also offer up that by going through those things, um, and I use building up leadership muscle a lot, just because by being exposed and being navigating and learning how to survive through those experiences, it gives you a perspective on how to how to best deal with those particular challenges. So I always go into situations expecting almost the worst, and then if if I land much more favorably than I won any, anyway. So I'm always playing to the worst possible outcome of situations. So I always prepare myself for those types of moments as opposed to expecting that just because I'm, I'm the woman and just because I'm the minority and just because I may be younger on the, on the, the paradigm than, than my colleagues and peers, I always play to those, um, you know, those various scenarios. So if you had to go back and give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be? I think my younger self really helped helped me in my older self in hindsight being 2020, because I'm, as I look back in retrospect, I'm like, wow, I, I actually did that. I actually said that. I was very much unfiltered. Say as an older person, I would say, you know, you know, haste makes waste. So you have to slow down a bit and, and build up your, your emotional intelligence and being able to really size up the, the audience and who you're uh, representing yourself in front of and know yourself. So really, really getting, getting to know yourself and building up a relationship with yourself is extremely critical. So of course, I didn't have the, the foresight to even, even think through those things back then. I would also say that I've learned that the struggles that I've had, the adversity that I've had, that has become my superpower. Just because by being able to overcome failure and being able to overcome obstacles and be able to overcome so many setbacks and roadblocks and cogs in the wheel, I was a, a lot more emotional towards those things a lot earlier in my career. Now I just I just smile and just and just rise rise through it all. Um, so certainly the younger and, and the much more wise Dr. Erica Steed, just two different ways of and perspectives on how to best exist and, and be okay with that. And are there certain values that have really pulled you through tough situations, difficult decisions throughout your life? And what are those? My core values are pretty, are, are pretty simple. I'm a person of integrity and my character, your character means, means everything. So who you are, regardless of whether whether someone's looking or not that's the the true test of of any person or or leader for that for that matter so leading with integrity i, I always had a, a a strong sense of just respect 
for others. So I, I have, number one, you have to respect yourself, but then that certainly needs to translate into other individuals. And if you have that, that bi-directional mutual respect, you can navigate through any situation and you can, you can land favorably as long as that mutual respect is there. And then of, of course, what I would say is just having a strong sense of push and drive for excellence. That to me, that keeps me up at night. That gets me up in the morning. My wheels are always churning on how do I best trailblaze? How do I best innovate? How do I make things better? So even if I'm, if I hit perfection, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit perfection all the time. Um, so for me, that that work ethic towards achieving the the unachievable um, is is something that that is is in my core. So now on to this question that our listeners always ask, and they rate it the highest. You know, you have four kids, mm-hmm. so you have been able to manage a very demanding career with children. How did you do that? What helped? What what were your challenges, and what was your solution to those challenges? I think about this often. I chuckle about it often just because I've had to build a tribe around me outside of my children. I've had to build up a, a support system just because unfortunately for me, I lost my mother at a very, very early age. So I was 23 years old when my, when my mother passed away. So for that, I've always had to have supplemental people in my life that supports supports me, supports my career, supports my dreams, supports my, my ad aspirations. And my children, I've raised my children with the similar values that I was raised with. And I don't make a decision without being inclusive of my children. Even my youngest, who's seven years old, she's included in decision-making process. So if I'm going to make a career transition, I want to make for certain that it's not going to have a negative impact on, on my family. And at the end of the day, if my family's unhappy, I have to, I have to make some adjustments on my side. But um, surrounding myself with a, a full tribe, a full village, and it does take a village in order to raise children and balance out a very demanding career. It, 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 it just is. And something is going to have to give. Um, but I always prioritize my family first. So if, if in fact is, is a matter of, okay, I have to be here or there, I'm always going to make a, a choice where I'll drop everything for my, for my family and I'll readjust on, on the behind the scenes. And usually I've been a part of organizations that have a high degree of respect for my value system and what, and what I have respect for. And I have turned down opportunities as well if, if those value systems on family balance were not aligned. So I've, I've turned down many opportunities because it, was, it wasn't trending or tracking in the right direction. Um, I have a fabulous husband who we, we balance out in terms of our ambitions and in terms of our work life. Uh, so he's the complete op- opposite of me where I'm hyper, hyper, hyper always on. He's the more mellow, uh, balancing me out. And I think that I needed that in, in my life in order to make the, the key decisions that I've had to make. But long and short of it, work-life balance and, 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 and prioritizing family, that should be a part of anyone's value system. And if it's not, there are always ways to make adjustments in that. But my children are my number one fans and everything that I do 
in my work life is to is to prove that that I'm the role model that I need to be that they can look up to and look forward to exceeding. And my mother always told me that it's her job to ensure that I live a much better life than she lived. So that's her our job is as parents to pass down that torch and make our children aspire to be better than us. So that's what I'm I'm doing and and I you know I I believe I'm doing a good job at it. No, I'm sure. We also talk a lot about networking. So how has that worked for you and what does really networking mean for you and how do you go about it? A couple different channels is extremely healthy to have a, a balanced internal network in terms of who exactly that that you know you work for and and build up those internal networking relationships on just your inside track. But I also think it's important to uh, number one keep up a balance of external relationships. I'm a part of various organizations, various. uh social groups various social channels that exposes me to uh really building up a much more robust uh network and I really continue to water that plant because it 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 needs to be watered so if you don't have relationships set up I think it is detrimental for anyone that is trying to build up a progressive career um I also think that there's opportunities to build up a network through participating or being a part of boards being a part of just you know uh social organizations of one in particular that as a as a woman that I've been proud to be a part of uh recently is joining chief and it 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 because it it really taps you into a lot of uh, a lot of different avenues and really synchronizes you in with very similar similar thinking individuals and trailblazing women and just you just get so inspired by those that you're exposed to on on that front and then there's networking on various um uh social media platforms and i think it's is always good to keep yourself out there um uh as as it relates to just social media you know what are what are the specific areas of interest that you have a passion for that you have a purpose for and start getting getting your word out and and you'll be surprised how many similarities and and who you will attract to your own social circle and and network then i would just wrap up with with saying that and th- this is what my personal mentor has taught me which is to build up your own personal board of advisors your own personal board of direct by surrounding yourself with individuals that are just well connected well steeped that creates a domino effect of of your network and for me it's really helped to i can i can honestly say that's one of my secrets of success is by doing that all of these are great pieces of advice thank you for that on the flip side as women i think we also kind of make a few mistakes maybe mm-hmm. not knowingly unconsciously we're just wired that way or we're proud of that way have you noticed some of those um just you know in your work life and what would they be what should we stop doing there's a few um i think that women are very quick to judge themselves and i think that women are very overly critical and if if a woman were to put herself in a situation with a man the way a man navigates through certain things is very different than the way 
women do, right? So, and I'll just give a few examples of this. Men, they'll go after any job, regardless of whether or not they're qualified for that job or not. They just jump right in. Just like the example I, I shared when, when I first started my career, I, I just jumped right in, not necessarily with thinking. And I think that we need to take, take those guardrails off just because it limits our ability to number one, move up the, the ladder, progressing your life and your career more so. And it causes that imposter syndrome by over, over criticizing yourself, over, over judging. I just think we need to stop doing that. Let's stop being so hard on ourselves because at the end of the day, we're all learning. We're all learning from each other. Every exposure you have every single day is going to teach you something new that you didn't know about yourself. So I, I, I would say that is one critical mistake that I think that a lot of women make consciously or unconsciously. Let's just take, take that expectation off of ourselves because we'll find that we're just carrying a lot of so, just so much weight that we just don't have to. No one put that put that onus on you. So it's okay to, to take it off. And guess what? Even if you did go for something and you find yourself in a situation where, hmm, okay, I have to, I have to learn a little bit more. Maybe that will challenge you a little bit more also to, you know, take calculated risks to move in a different direction that perhaps you thought that you were going to move in the first place. Emotional intelligence as well. I would say that, and I'm, I'm just using myself as an example. I think that we are very quick to have an emotional response. So really building our emotional intelligence muscle and being able to just take a, take a couple deep breaths and just process through situations just differently and take a, book, a couple different ways of looking at it and walk away from it and then come back to it and then have a fresh set of eyes looking at it. I, I can guarantee your perspective may be shaped differently if we're not as hasty as, as we are with certain decision-making. So I, I would just say those those two as a, as a starting point, but I think that those are two critical ones. On a completely separate note, you were part of the Junior Olympic Games and you have done track and field, which is amazing. How was that? Like at such a young age. Um, and I think as an athlete, it really instills a lot of discipline, a lot of go-getter attitude in a person. How, how was that experience for you? Athletics was always a part of my upbringing, a part of my childhood. And certainly it has made me be over-disciplined. I am such a perfectionist. I have so much competitive strength and competitive energy. But for me, going to the Junior Olympic Games, my goodness, it was like a dream, a dream come true, where I got to be exposed to uh, one of my idols. Putting in that level of work and having that as the present at the end, for me, it was all worth it. And it, it, it shaped hard work does have a good payoff. And I've carried that forward every step of the way um, with me. And, and, I, I, and I often reflect on, on that moment where I got to, you know, see, meet, you know, be up close and personal with one of my idols, Flo, Flo Joe, when I was uh, in the whole running and athletic scene. And I, it was just amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And, you know, it, it, it shaped me as a human being, as a person. 
And I know full well now that I've become a, a full-fledged adult and, and I have a career or whatever, I take, I take that those moments and I carry that with me on work ethic, putting in the time to perfect your, your craft, whatever, whatever it is. And if you do that, the payoff is big. Congratulations. It is a dream come true for many, many, many people. So congratulations. You got to do that. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Erica, for your time and all the great advice you gave today. Any closing comments for our listeners? Honestly, I just I just love this platform. Um, I just I, and I, I just love our our dialogue that we were having. I just wanted to share because I because I don't think I, I, sh I shared it in my opening remarks. I am so pleased and honored and humbled to to announce that I'm, I'm going to be making a pretty big and bold uh, career move soon. So I've, I've just recently been appointed as uh, the next system chief executive officer and president for a pretty, pretty wonderful uh, healthcare system called Metro Health in, in Cleveland, Ohio. So their, their entire cause, entire purpose is, is on really standing up and caring for the underserved, most vulnerable communities. And I'm just so pleased and honored to be taken on the helm. Um, but all of what we've been talking about has been has been that shaping and building blocking, you know, just to get to that next level. So I think I'm a byproduct of if if you if you see it, you can be it. You can certainly be inspired and motivated to take your own life and your 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 career, both personal and professional, to a different a completely different height. Congratulations. That's awesome news. Thank you for sharing that with us. But congratulations and thank you so much, Erica. We wish you all the success in your new role. This is great news. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.